revival comes in all shapes and sizes. Whatever the church is ready for, he will he will bring to them. I'm, I'm grateful to to run with pastors and leaders that uh, that hear the Lord's voice and knowing when to quit. Nick Walker, it's great to have you here on Charisma News. You have been in the midst of a revival that has just kept on going, and in fact. Nothing can stop this revival because we were trying to actually talk about this a couple weeks ago. And right Mm -hmm. as we were ready to record our interview about what God was doing to share all that, um, there was a lightning hit that knocked out the power, knocked out the Internet. And there was we just had to reschedule this. But that was a couple weeks ago. But the revival Mm -hmm. that you've been a part of has just kept on going. And uh Tell me about what what God has been doing, and uh, man, that's exciting. Well, thank you, John and Charisma, for for having me today. We you said we tried to do this about three weeks ago, and it it just uh, maybe maybe the Lord wanted us to talk about what's happened for the last three weeks. I don't know. I think so. Uh, we, I think so. We have been uh, we've been in Sandusky, Ohio, since September twenty fourth, and it was supposed to end on September twenty seventh. We usually go Sunday to Wednesday. And we just we just kept it going, and so we just ended it last night. And it, this has been a powerful move of the spirit, filled with repentance. Um, I, I always bring a, and maybe we can talk about this a little more. Um, yeah. I usually bring a horse trough with me in a trailer, <laughs> and we we do spontaneous baptisms. That's just a big part of of our evangelism ministry. Yeah. And so we always put it right in front of the pulpit and and give a call to spontaneous baptism. Uh, rededication, repentance. And I have seen, I was telling the pastor here, uh, Dustin Hours, I have seen more families get in this, in this horse trough at this revival than any other revival. I, I think we've baptized nine or 10 families of four at one time. And so wow. the Lord is, the Lord is doing some really amazing things here with, with the family unit. Um, last night was the final revival service. I have a, a teen service tonight at seven, but last night was the last revival night, and we saw lots of high school students come and get baptized. Uh, we're we're seeing signs and wonders, confirmed healings, and, and miracles, and so the Lord's doing some some amazing things here. We had a uh, on Monday night, uh, a woman brought her 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 infant child. I, I guess he's less than a year old, but he was born mm-hmm. at twenty six weeks, and mm-hmm. so he's had a feeding tube. Uh, since he was since he was born, uh, he was born with a hole in his heart. And so they came on Monday night, and we laid hands on this baby. They came back last night, and we're we're baptizing people. And the mother, or I think it was the the aunt, got in my ear, and she said, "I've got to tell you what what happened today." I said, "Okay." And she she had the baby, and I I said, "I recognize that baby." And she she mm-hmm. says, "Yes, we went to the doctor and had some tests run today. They were supposed to put a feeding tube in this child permanently." In fact, he was deemed, I think the phrase they gave me was incompatible with life. Oh and my so gosh. he was supposed to have a, like a permanent feeding tube put in. Um, so not only did they take the feeding tube out permanently, uh, but the hole in his heart closed. And so we've, we've seen some really wild miracles at this revival from, from infants to uh, one of the founding members of this church. She turns 90 this year. And she received some physical manifestations of healing. And so the Lord is healing every generation. It's It's been a great revival here. So kind of wow. sad to see it come to an end. Wow. Wow. Uh, we've I mean... baptized almost 130 people. And so it's it's been a great one. Wow. You know, Nick, uh, I've got so many things to say about that. First off, I rejoice with you about that about those miracles that you just shared and just how Dr. Jesus 
is showing up big time and doing yes. things that only he can do. I mean, to have a hole in the mm-hmm. heart closed in an infant without surgery mm-hmm. is is yes. is nothing short of a miracle. We know that Jesus yes. Jesus heals today. He's healed in the past, and he will continue to heal in the future. And that is a mm-hmm. powerful testimony of this baby yes. that was incompatible with life. I mean, talk yes. about that yes. label that has been put over that child's life and how yeah. God miraculously, in an instant, is able to turn that child's destiny around. Because, yes. my goodness, what whatever was meant for evil is now use, being used as a testimony for yes. the glory of God in this child's life forever. Amen. Yes, that's right. We were talking about things last night. The Lord had me ministering from Matthew eight when Jesus touched the leper, um, and and we we know he's Jesus. He could have he didn't have to touch the leper, and, yeah. and of course leprosy is very contagious. And so you read where he touched the leper, but he didn't have to. He could have spoken the word. Um, he, he he could have done it any other way, but he he chose right. to touch someone that society had called untouchable. And yeah. so that's what the Lord was doing with this child. Things that, uh, that, that make him incompatible with life, otherwise untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord is just demonstrating in this generation, o- only he can touch the things that we've called untouchable. Amen. Amen. You know, Nick, uh, I do have a question for you. You said that last mm-hmm. night was the last night of the revival itself, but you've got, yes. you're going to be speaking at the youth service again tonight. So it's not really yes. over. It's just kind of changing yeah. a little bit. Just but- shifting gears. How does how does one come up with the like basically how do you know if a revival is time to stop or if it was it a revival or was it just really good meetings or tell me about the decision for it to change directions I guess like how did how did this come about because I would want to keep a revival going and going and going um, oh yes, yes tell, tell me about that because that has to be I mean the leaders that God has put in charge. Um, they need to hear from him. How do you yes. hear from God about about something like that? That for me, that that is the hardest thing to do is um, is know when to go, um, and so I always always leave that decision up to the pastor. And we we always have discussions. And and uh, I've never had I don't recall ever having a revival uh, season come to a close where the pastor and I didn't come to an agreement on something. And and really, it depends it depends on the church and. And, and what and what they're ready for. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a, a for example, uh, if you have maybe a, a revival meeting where 200 people get saved in two weeks, the, the church now has the has the responsibility mm-hmm. of discipling perhaps 200 people. And so the, the question you have to ask is, is the church ready for, are the church's nets ready for that that catch of fish, so to speak? without without the wow. boat sinking and I, and I don't think that the Lord would ever want to bring an outpouring so heavy that it causes a church to quote sink revival can be dangerous if we if we just kind of let it go and go and go um and and this church in particular the the one in sandusky here um they they are ready for what they've experienced in the last three weeks you know there's there's been a hundred and uh, right at 130 people baptized maybe a little less but the, <clears throat> most of them are are rededications and so they're getting rebaptized. You know, Revelation 2 would tell us uh, if, if you've left your first love, you can return to your first love by doing your first works over again, uh, of course, which is repentance and water baptism is right. referenced in, that, in Acts 2. And so there, there's a lot of rededications, but there have been a lot of uh, uh, maybe an equal amount of fresh, of fresh first time salvations. And so uh, the Lord is giving this church what they've been praying and fasting for. 
we've had revivals like this go three weeks. Um, last year we had one go 15 weeks in Huntington, West Virginia. Hmm. Um, and, and I, I think that the Lord would, uh, would pour out what the church is ready for, but it's, it's a difficult thing to know when to go. And, and the difference I think between a, um, a, just a series of good meetings and genuine revival, um, that revival is always filled with repentance. That's the mm. essence of revival because you're because the the dead is coming back to life, the sleeper is being awakened, and that's that's always how revival is referenced. Whether it's a, a series of three services or or three weeks of services, mm-hmm. and you saw it you saw it in in Asbury uh, earlier in the year, where there right. was no preaching and there was no like services. It was just twenty four twenty four seven. I got to go experience one of those uh, just a moment of that. And so revival comes in all shapes and sizes. Whatever the church is ready for, he will he will bring to them. I'm, I'm grateful to to run with pastors and leaders that uh, that hear the Lord's voice and knowing when to quit. Yeah, we're going to talk about one of those pastors that uh, that you run with, and that being um, uh, Perry Stone. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. How God yeah. has connected you guys, but yeah. I think what you said is is worth diving in a little bit deeper about too about how. Basically, the foundation determines the amount of revival that we can have. The foundation of the church and how you are ready to receive what God is is entrusting you with. I think that's a yes. really important thing that we need to be to be aware of, and we need to be preparing because mm-hmm. if we're not prepared for the next great harvest that God has, we're going to have. I mean, I'm reminded of of Mark chapter four and how the good all this good seed falls on two, four different types of ground. You've got yes. the trail, you've got the road, you've got rocky soil, you've got the weeds, and you've got good ground. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I always like to say, yeah. like to add on that, you know, if a good farmer sees a seed that's out of place, he's going to make sure he puts it in the good ground. He's not just going to yes. leave it there. But I mean, regardless, there's only one fourth of that that is going to bear fruit and, and continue to grow uh, in that right. good soil. But we need to make sure that the soil is prepared. I mean, that's what a that's what a farmer does. I mean, they don't yes. just go willy nilly and and plant. I mean, you're you're out in in Sandusky, Ohio, and I know that's there's a lot of cornfields and and farmland around that area. It's been and a running joke at this revival. I had no idea how much farmland was up here. <laughs> <laughs> but but a farmer is going to till the soil. They're going to prepare yes. it. They're going to water it. They're going to take care. You know, they, and they're going to know when to plant and they're going to know when to reap. And, you know, if we're, if we just throw seed wherever we think it's, wherever we would like it to go, rather than the store that, that's been prepared, we're going to not have the harvest that we want. Right. But if we prepare and the church is ready to receive that harvest, then you're ready to do what God's called you to do. Do you think yeah. the reason that we're not having widespread revival is because the church isn't ready for it? Yes. In a nutshell, yes. I'm, I'm also reminded of, I believe it's Matthew 9, where Jesus talks about, it's a fasting passage, but you could you could correlate it to this as well, where he talks about the wineskin. And he says, if you pour new wine into old wineskin, because what happens mm-hmm. is you would, if you, while you're making new wine, you pour it into a fresh wineskin and, and new wineskin has an elasticity to it because they would pour this wine in and seal it off. And mm-hmm. the new wine always is uh, producing gas bubbles, and it, it causes the skin to expand. And so Jesus was saying here that if, if, you're, if your wine skin, if your heart is not ready to expand and take on the things of God, 
an old wine skin will bust because it has no elasticity. It's like an old rubber band. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus said, you don't put, uh, you don't put new wine in old wine skin because when the gas bubbles start to cause expansion, your heart will bust. Mm-hmm. And I, I see the same thing with, with revival. Um, and again, that was a fasting passage, preparing our hearts for what the Lord wants to do in us personally. But this could be applied corporately. You know, if, if, if our churches are not ready for the expansion that God would like to bring, then if he would try to pour new wine into your church, it would bust. Hmm. Um, and th- that's the that's one of the reasons I, I kind of felt like the Lord was going to do something like this here in Sandusky. Uh, Pastor Dustin called me in, in July. Uh, so two months before this, and he said, man, he said, we've been, we've been praying and fasting and just seeking his face. And he said, I don't know how this goes, but like, what happens when a revival gets extended? It was already on his heart. Um, and he, he said, I'm not, I'm not saying the Lord told me it's going to get extended, but I just want to be ready. Mm-hmm. And he said, we've, we've been praying and fasting like weekly. And mm-hmm. then the week leading up to the revival, I think they went through an entire week of prayer and fasting. Wow. Um, and, and just in, in preparation. And so there, there is a, there's a standard to being ready for the outpouring of God's spirit. We, we hear it a lot with John Kilpatrick in Brownsville in the nineties, of course, where they, they prayed for two and a half years and got a five-year revival. And wow. so there's always these prayer and fasting things that come before revival, not afterwards. It's the people being prepared for what God's pouring out. And so uh, I guess that's the long answer to your to your question there. But the short answer is, uh, yes, there's a there is a religious spirit in our land that keeps us from from experiencing the fullness of what he would like to bring. Wow. Wow. So one of the things that you've done to prepare yourself for your calling is you've uh, God's enabled you to be connected with another powerful man of God who's been walking the walk and talking to talk for many years, and that is Perry Stone. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about how God has connected the two of you guys and how what that has meant to you um, in, in, in a leadership way, but also mm-hmm. a spiritual way. Uh, Perry has been, I've, I've called him dad for the last six or seven years. Um, so I'm, I'm from Southern West Virginia. I actually live on, on site down there in Cleveland, Tennessee now. I, I live next to his, uh, the ramp OCI, which is the church building there. And I just moved there in December of 21, but Perry and I go back to uh, actually July of 2016, and there was a great revival movement that was happening in in the coal fields of of Southern West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I had I was playing college football, so I was home for the summer, and I I came back, and I I'd watched Perry Stone on uh, YouTube and and other things since I was probably 12 years old. My my dad showed me a lot of Perry Stone and John Hagee and and those type of men growing up. And so that was my upbringing was John Hagee and Perry Stone prophecy teaching. And, and, I, and I always thought, man, that guy's prophecy stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. And so he jumps on Facebook one morning and says, I'm coming to West Virginia to have a, a prayer meeting in Bluefield. And mm-hmm. I called dad and I said, man, Perry Stone's coming. We, we've got to go. You know, we got I've never seen him. We got to go. Yeah. And so we drive out there and it's a, it, it was just like a, a, a very spontaneous on the spot prayer meeting. People people left work and came to this to this armory in Bluefield. And he, he starts praying and asks for the ministers to come forward. He wanted to pray for the pastors. And I had just accepted a youth pastor position at my, at my Pentecostal Holiness church in, hmm. in Mullins. And so dad goes, well, you're, you're a pastor now. I was a pastor for like five days, but you're a pastor. Hmm. I was 19. And so I, I went up there and I was 
I was by a long shot the youngest pastor up there. Hmm. If you even wanted to call me a pastor, and I'm standing up there, and he looks down and he says, "Son, how old are you?" And I said, "I'm I'm 19." And he said, "When I crossed the border into West Virginia, the Lord told me a young preacher would be here that I needed to connect with." Now Perry and I, um, he he was born, of course, in West Virginia. His family grew up about 40 minutes from where I grew up, and so there's this. I guess there's this West Virginia connection, this mountain blood we have. Um, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure you've had these these things where you you meet someone and it feels like you've known them for 20 years, and that's that's really the way it was for mm. for Perry and I. It didn't even feel like that we had to get to know each other. It kind of felt like we already did. And so after we had this moment in Bluefield, we we exchanged phone numbers, and he just wanted to stay connected. So I brought him. Uh, where I was youth pastoring, I, I brought him to our church in Mullins, West Virginia, in in January of seventeen for a just a weekend revival, and uh, he he released a prophetic word over over my life about an evangelism ministry mm. that I did not see coming. Mm. I didn't I didn't anticipate it would be full time ministry. I was in nursing school, so a lot of a lot of shifts and changes. I, I did I quit college football. I quit nursing school, switched to elementary education, and, and Perry has been uh, mentoring me since since that night. And so he's been a he's been a really heavy uh, voice of influence in in my life and ministry. It's it's a it's a great blessing to be able to pick up the phone and call Perry and say, "Man, how how did you handle this when you were when you were this age?" Mm. And so, but but the Lord's blessed me with with multiple spiritual fathers. Him being right. one of the most prevalent, of course, and so it's it's been a been a great seven year stretch with him. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me of the story of Elijah calling out Elisha, and just how yes. you know when Elisha received that call, he quickly um, it killed the ox and the, that he was uh, that he was driving. Actually, he had twelve you know twelve teams of them, and he got he, right. you know, he, he cut up the uh, the, the yokes as well. So there was no turning back for him. And you did the, you did no. similar things with that too. You laid down football, you laid down, uh, nursing school, and you went full on in what God's called you to do. Have you ever looked back and said, was that the right decision? I, a lot of people would say, yes, I, honestly, I have not. I maybe, okay. So I, I, I called the coach and quit and then, I switched schools so I could youth pastor. And that was about five days before I met Perry. I didn't even know he was coming to West Virginia. I, I quit the team and then he came the next week. So probably for that five day stretch, I could remember saying, man, I, Lord, I don't know if I made the right decision. Mm -hmm. I, I had it made, I, you know, full ride football, scholarship, nursing school. I was, I was already accepted into the program, uh, uh, straight A student. I, I was, I was, I was pretty set by, by carnal measures. I, I was set, you know, yeah. and, and so it would have been it would have been a fun journey, and so I didn't know why the Lord was asking that of me, and and part of me was like, Lord, you you gave this to me, you allowed me to have this, and why did you allow me to have this only to take it away from me after a year? So there were some questions, and then when I met Perry and stepped into ministry, you couldn't pay me to go back. Mm. So you actually have that story kind of you know backwards from Elijah calling out Elisha. It was it would have been like if Elisha didn't even see Elijah coming, but God just spoke to him, kill the ox, kill, you know, uh, break up the yoke and, and make that sacrifice right now. And then Elijah comes, you know, that, so you took that a step of faith a big time. Yeah, it was, um, 
I, I, I ministered on and off there while I was playing college ball. I started preaching when I was 17. So it was, you know, in school clubs and this and that. And uh, I had a minister tell me uh, right after I graduated high school, he said, the Lord's called you to preach to the nations. He said, you're, you're going to get your, you're going to get a degree, but you're not going to use it. And I laughed at him. I was like, hey, buddy, <laughs> I said, I, I, I was doing this like as a weekend hobby thing. I didn't, I didn't even know that it was uh, possible to do this in a full-time capacity. It was just not in my framework. Um, every mm -hmm. minister I knew from Southern West Virginia, of course, is, you know, it's a bivocational thing because it's, it's a small towns. And so, um, and we, we see in scripture that even Paul was bivocational. And so I, mm -hmm. I just didn't even see that as a, I didn't have a framework for that. And so the Lord obviously has had other plans. I did, I got an elementary education degree in, uh, graduated in 2019. And of course I do not use that. <laughs> this is what I do now. The Lord has used that degree in other ways though, because we're able to go and minister in the school systems. And, and we've seen thousands of young people saved in the last four or five years in school right. buildings. And so, wow. uh, whatever I, whatever I've obtained with degrees, the Lord's using, you know, yeah, he's using it in a way that he can multiply it as you yes. as you laid it down for him. Mm -hmm. You know, Nick, as we're as we're wrapping up here, I'm going to ask you to pray for the people that are watching here, the people that are saying, you know, I want to be used in this next revival that's coming. We feel it. We feel that there's birth pangs in the world mm -hmm. right now. Yes, there's there's things that are happening that just it makes no sense in this world other than what we see about the 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 coming of the end times. Mm -hmm. But brother, we, we know that, that God does not desire for anybody to perish. He, we're believing for that end time, great harvest, yes. but we need to be ready. As we talked about earlier, we need to be ready to receive that. Uh, would you just pray that, you know, the, the Bible says that, you know, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers out there. Mm -hmm. um, would you pray that those laborers would be ready? Oh, certainly. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time together, and Lord, we thank you for anyone who may be listening to this, and maybe they feel stuck, or they, they feel stale or complacent. Maybe they're uh, in in churches every week, but they feel purposeless. They feel maybe even perhaps without identity. Lord, we know in Matthew chapter 9, you said the harvest is so ripe. The harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers that have difficulty. It's the laborers that have trouble. And Lord, even as I, as I drive up here through Northeast Ohio, and we see these beautiful, uh, beautiful, large pieces of farmland. I see lots of crops, and then I'll see two or three workers. And so, Father, I believe the same is true in Scripture. I believe the same is true in, in life uh, with the spiritual harvest that we see today. Lord, we know that the harvest uh, in America is ripe. We know that the harvest around the world is ripe as we grow closer and closer, as the, con the birth contractions of the return of Jesus draw closer. Lord, we know the need for laborers is dire. And so, Lord, I just ask you right now to stir up the gift, as, as Paul would write to Timothy, to stir up the gift that lays dormant and dry on the inside of every believer listening to this right now. Father, I say, awaken the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist, the apostle. Lord, wake up the prophet, wake up the worship leader. Lord, stir us to identity as sons and daughters. And from that identity, we minister. And, and from that identity, we preach and pray and prophesy. Lord, I pray that you would even uh, awaken uh, students in public schools and universities to be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope and truth in a, in a culture that's full of chaos, in a culture that's full of confusion, in a culture that 
uh, Lord, in a, in a culture that says you, you can change from a man to a woman or a woman to a man, Lord, I pray that you would raise up young people that stand for truth. I pray that you would raise mm-hmm. up uh, professors and presidents of universities and teachers that stand for truth. On the mm-hmm. as stand on the truth of God's word, Lord. I pray for every every listener, every person watching right now, that you would baptize them in fresh power. Lord, you said in Acts chapter one that when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we will receive power to be witnesses. Lord, we can't be witnesses unless we have power. So I pray, Holy Spirit, a dunamis dynamic power uh, to fall on every believer listening right now. That they would that they would receive this as they listen to this in the name of Jesus, Lord. That that when power falls upon them, they would their their the gift and their innermost being would be stirred. Um, and and Lord, I pray for I pray for these believers listening uh, to go and reap a beautiful, bountiful harvest. Lord, sharpen the reaping sickles, uh, mend the nets, get the boats ready. Lord, because there are people being won to Jesus in droves. We're seeing it in our ministry and and. And everywhere we go, there are people being won to Jesus in schools and and in churches and it, it, everywhere we turn, people are are looking at the things going on around the world and saying it, it seems like Jesus is going to come back soon. And so, Lord, mm-hmm. I thank you that you're stirring the hearts of believers to to reap harvest, not to not to sit in a church and wait on the rapture, uh, but to but that what Jesus prayed in Luke, I pray that you be found working. And so, Lord, I pray that you send workers into these fields now in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes. Amen. Nick, it's been great talking with you and just hearing how God is moving in revival, uh, what he's been doing in in the last few weeks in Sandusky and how God's used you there and where God's calling you to uh, to travel next and, and just how God has brought the right people into your life to help catapult you to his call. Nick, we're going to keep our eye on you. We're going to make sure that we follow you. How can people connect with you, your your website or social media? Just let us know about that. Uh, our website is just nwministries.com uh, and Facebook is Nick Walker Ministries. Uh, and make sure you don't put a C in Nick. I'm, I am a, I'm a weird one. So it's just N-I-K. A lot of people don't find us for that. Uh, but again, nwministries.com. All of our stuff is on there. Our itinerary um, I've written two books. We're about to launch a third. And so the Lord's doing a lot of great things here. So uh, check out our website. And uh, maybe there are pastors wanting to uh, bring in evangelism ministry in for revival. You can you can book us on there as well. Uh, all the information you would need is on there. So again, nwministries.com and Nick Walker Ministries on Facebook. So Amen. thank you so much. It's been an honor to be with you today. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. And I want to let every pastor know that if you want to have Nick come, you got to be prepared for the revival that follows. So get yourself ready. God bless you.